This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this this is Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio. Here's your host, Christian Tervish. Welcome back from the break. I'm Christian Tervish, and you are still listening to Work of Tomorrow here on SiriusXM. Today we're talking about journalism and how the work of journalists has changed with new technologies. In the first half of the show, I talked to Stan Wisniewski, the editor-in-chief of the Philadelphia Inquirer. If you missed the first half of the show, uh, you can go on workoftomorrow.com to find this first half and all all the episodes of my show. Now, at this point, I want to welcome my second guest, uh, Zoa Dayan, who is the CEO of Wibbits, which is a company that uses AI to create video content for many of the top news sites. Welcome, Zoa. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So uh, tell us uh, about Wibbits and who it serves. What do, what do you guys do? Well, Wibbits is an automated video creation platform. Uh, we use AI to empower uh, storytellers to tell their story through video in a very uh, quick and easy way. So we're literally bringing down a process that would take uh, a, a human uh, three to four hours to do to anywhere between five seconds to five minutes. Uh, we do that by leveraging intelligent, uh, artificial intelligence and automation uh, technology to really streamline the process um, and, and really enable anybody to uh, tell their story through video. So anybody that includes Wharton professors like me, and uh, you got me quite intrigued in the sense that I have I have blogs and be it from the radio show, be it from research articles I do. I have lots of text and content. Hopefully some of those are good stories. So h- how exactly would I use Wibbits to go from a two-page text summarizing a topic to like a X-minute long video? What w- How would that play out? So really it's all about the storyteller. You choose the level of automation uh, so we can uh, get anything from just pure text. So you can insert the text that you've written into our platform, and our system would analyze it, understand what the story is about, generate a summary out of it based on the length of the video uh, that you're looking to create. Uh, and once we understand what that story that you're writing is about, we can go out and automatically find the most relevant media content. So we're directly uh, connected to all the major uh, media providers in the world, um, and we can go and fetch the most relevant content based on what you're writing about. Uh, once we have that media in hand, uh, then we do pretty much what a, a video producer would do. We lay out everything on a timeline, uh, lay in all the graphics, text overlays, transitions, uh, soundtrack. Uh, and the whole kind of look and feel of the video also changes based on the the content that you're writing about. So if it's, uh, for example, a sports story, uh, it would get a certain look and feel, a certain treatment by the algorithm, and a completely different treatment if it were an entertainment story or a politics story. Um, so literally it takes, you know, this entire process takes just about, 10 seconds to do, uh, and you end up with what we call a rough cut video that you can then preview uh, and fine tune and edit using very uh, intuitive tools. So even if you don't have 
any video production or editing uh, experience, you can very easily and very quickly produce professional-grade video content in a matter of minutes. So let me just break it up into kind of steps or functions that you described here a moment ago, and I'm, I'm just fascinated as well by that technology. Is the, so there's there's some level of um, basically understanding the story, right? It's just chopping it, and right. you you I tell you how long the video is. You can read how many words my text is, and so I guess that defines some level of uh, concentration, if you will. Uh, so then there is uh, is do you guys uh, is the narration is, uh, is there somebody talking it do you have like a Siri employed for you who is just re- Siri or Alexa who is reading my text or do you just show text lines on the on the screen? So it really depends on the story you want to tell. So if you want to create a voice over uh, video, you can either choose from an automatic uh, Siri like voice uh, that would automatically read. Uh, the text for you. Uh, if you want to record and upload your own voiceover, you can do that. Or you can request professional voiceover from someone on our team. Uh, we have over 100 voiceover talents uh, that work around the clock and are ready um, to uh, read out uh, the voiceovers. Turnaround time for that is super quick, uh, usually under less than 10 minutes you get professional voiceover within your videos, literally with a click of a button. But something that we're seeing, which is very interesting in you know, the trend of video creation and video consumption, is that most videos that are being created today are created without voiceover at all. Uh, I'm sure you've uh, come, across, come across many of these types of videos that are very text-heavy uh, with large... Uh, text captions rolling on the screen. Uh, I would say this is largely due to the fact that most people don't even turn on the audio when they're watching videos on their mobile devices uh, or on social networks such as Facebook. Uh, And we've actually seen that this is the most popular uh, format uh, that's being created today through our platform. The other thing I notice when you see videos, be it on Facebook or on some of the say, cheaper produced news content is that the videos are really not videos in the sense that they're moving, but oftentimes they're just a sequence of photos that the software zooms in and out of. Um, do you typically, I mean, I, I guess you do both, but is, is a typical outcome, especially at the low end, a series of photos that get moved around, or is it actually what we would traditionally call real video footage? Well, for the majority, it's uh, real video footage that's uh, incorporated within the final video. Uh, at the end of the day, it really depends on the story, uh, and it depends what type of media or what kind of media is available for that story. Uh, we always believe that um, you know, true video footage is much more uh, engaging and really can tell the story in a much uh, better more accurate uh, and engaging way. So always in the show, I try to get the sense of what this does for jobs. And it's really, I think it seems this seems to be a technology that is not producing uh, videos in, in a way that it would take put video producers out of business. It's just taking stuff that would just never be produced as a video because it would be too expensive and just creates many, many more videos. Is that a fair statement? A hundred percent. I don't think, you know, if we're talking about the future of jobs, 
we definitely don't think that this is going to replace uh, professional video producers uh, completely, but it is going to change the way that content uh, is being produced. Is that uh, the primarily about it? Is that primarily an advertising story that uh, a, a platform like the Weather Channel or a news channel, they basically get more stickiness, they get more eyeballs for longer durations than when, when they show videos as opposed to showing a text? I don't think so. I think that uh, the best way to tell a story today is through video. Uh, and the reason for that is because the way people consume content is increasingly becoming more visual. Uh, and to really capture and engage your audience, you need to tell your story in a way that resonates with them. Uh, so it's really about producing high-quality content that really uh, provides value for the viewer. Um, and if you think about how hard and how difficult and how much time and resources it takes To produce good video today, uh, it really requires a lot of that, and it's a very challenging task. Uh, and if we can, um, you know, enable technology to do the heavy lifting for these storytellers and for these content creators, then we can really empower them to focus on the actual story as opposed to the heavy lifting mechanical, repetitive work that is a very big part of video creation today. Zoa, what do you think is behind the trend towards video creation? I mean, I, I just, uh, German as I am and operations professor that I am, I, I, I like kind of efficiency. As, as, a, uh, as a consumer, I, I certainly catch myself watching more videos as opposed to reading articles, uh, shame on me. But it is kind of objectively, is this a result of laziness and comfort? Because if, if you think about absorbing information, you can oftentimes read much faster than you can watch videos. And a lot of the videos, especially if they're not carefully edited, you could probably just do without the actual video and, and just read the text. Well, what, what do you think is behind that? Well, I think you're definitely not, not alone. And the trends that we and other companies are seeing is that most people are exactly like you and they prefer and catch themselves watching more videos uh, than before and i think you know the way that we consume content today uh, has a very big part in that um, you know many people consume their content on mobile phones and mobile devices where reading long-form text content is not the ideal format uh, and just watching a short video that uh, summarizes the content for you is very convenient uh, and I think you know people's attention span unfortunately today is very short and to really grab someone's attention uh, having uh, you know something that's more visual that really you know captivates them, even if it's for the very first few seconds, is something that's very important in the um, storytelling process today. And I think, like you said, it's, it's really important that content creators create content that, you know, it's not just a video for the sake of being a video, but it's something that you can't convey using uh, text alone. And it's something that really gives 
the viewer additional value. Uh, and you know, if a, a picture is worth a thousand words, then you know what is a video um, worth for the for the users? And it's really important for the storytellers not to abuse their power and not just to create video content that's you know stuff moving on the screen and and like you said, text that you can normally read, but something that really gives additional value and additional or different angles of the story. Zohar, the other thing, I mean, you, you made this scary observation that I'm probably like most other people, and I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing for the rest of the world. But <laughs> um, You mentioned how we are kind of passively uh, absorbing that knowledge and there's a convenience element to it. The other thing, since you mentioned that I am my, my, my taste or my preferences are pro potentially representative, I catch myself li listening to a lot more audiobooks and podcasts, which I, when the technology kind of started to get mainstream five, ten years ago, I thought initially that would be about the dumbest thing on the planet. Uh, but uh, there is basically some beauty in just listening as opposed to listening and watching. Um, is, is, I, I, do you see the sweet spot on the video or do you see a kind of a parallel market where you basically turn stories into audio files? I think it's a parallel market. Uh, I, I definitely think that they are connected. Um, both have, um, you know, something to do with consuming content in a more passive way. Um, and, and I agree with you. It's something that is very convenient to do. And I think that we're going to start seeing more and more IoT devices like Amazon Alexa and HomePod and Google Home that are primarily voice right now be more visual as well. So connecting a screen to those um, types of experiences that are purely audio today would be something that we'll, uh, I believe we'll see more of in the future. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tevish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Zoha Dayan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Wibbits a company that automatically creates content in form of videos, taking stories in and producing videos that uh, can be produced at very low cost and very quickly. Um, so uh, tell us what the magic sauce is here. I mean, so what is hard when you develop Wibbits? Uh, what, what, what is in the box, so to so what, what happens between the text going in on the one end of the machine, what needs to happen in, in, in your algorithms, in the AI, what type of technologies do you use to, at the other end, uh, produce the videos that we just talked about? What, what was hard about creating that? Well, the, the most important and, and the hardest thing, I would say, is to really capturing what is the essence of the story. Um, and we always, try to train our algorithms to, uh, first of all, think the same way that a human video producer would think when they approach a story. And there definitely isn't uh, a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to storytelling. And we always introduce new types uh, of stories, new types of content, new verticals that our technology knows how to handle. Uh, and when I say knows how to handle, it's really the entire process. Uh, we rely heavily 
on NLP, which is natural language processing, uh, in the way uh, we do what we do. And it's really uh, a matter of uh, understanding, first of all, what is the story about? What category is it? Uh, so if it's a sports article, uh, it would get a completely different treatment by the algorithm. The entire flow would be different from summarizing the text, uh, what are the most important or key elements that we need to uh, focus on when we can generate the summary, how we find the media, what would be the tempo of the video, what would be the soundtrack, what kind of graphical uh, elements would we like to use? Do we want to focus or give a spotlight to specific uh, statistics uh, or data that we find in the text? And we go even deeper than that in knowing okay, this is not just a sports article, but is this a sports game recap? Uh, is it a, an athlete's bio? Is it a comparison between two players or two different teams? Uh, and again, the entire flow would be affected by that. So it's really a matter of, you know, like I said before, creating an algorithm that creates a form of of art or a form of uh, journalism. Uh, and we have an in-house team of former journalists that are helping and working together with our developers to produce uh, technology that can do that in a uh, artificially intelligent way. Well, in this process, what is your feedback loop, so to say, right? There's a, there's a difference I would imagine between you producing a video and then the video residing on uh, the website of your customer, a, a publisher, uh, a news agency, um, versus the video being hosted on one of your platforms and you see actual clicking behavior and eyeball behavior, how long people stay with the video, um, which would allow you to improve your technology. Do you, do you see this type of data that lets you get a response from the user to your algorithms, or is that something that is basically sitting now on the client side? No, 100%. Uh, we utilize and implement machine learning methods uh, to improve the videos that our uh, technology is producing. And we do that primarily uh, by getting feedback and learning from the creators. So we have um, uh, an online control room where our clients can log into. They see the videos that are being produced automatically for their stories, and they actually go into them and edit them. So obviously, like any other uh, automation technologies, uh, mistakes can and will happen. But in addition to that, the storyteller sometimes has something very specific in mind that they would like to see within the video, whether it's the media that they select, uh, the part of footage that they would like to see uh, incorporated within the video uh, or anything else uh, in the video that they would like to change. And anything that they change within the video, our system gathers data for and learns from that uh, and improves on its own pretty much the videos that would be created for that specific topic uh, in the future. Um, in addition to that, we always look at engagement metrics. Uh, we have an in-house team 
that provides uh, and is part of that feedback loop as well. So literally we're seeing, you know, we've been around for about seven years now uh, and our technology gets better and improves with time and as the more content that flows through it. With that type of engagement data, can you help me become a better storyteller? I mean, in some sense, rather than taking my story and then packaging it, can you go further upstream and coach me how to become a better writer or communicator? Well, we can definitely provide uh, insights on how to tell your story in the best way through video, depending on the, on the story that you want to tell. So we have that data that we learn uh, about what kind of length, for example, what kind of format, what kind of uh, storyline uh, is the best for every type of story. So if I go back to my sports example, there's a really certain way of uh, telling a story to summarize a soccer match. Uh, you start with the, fi you know, the final score, uh, the top uh, scores on the winning team, uh, the highlights from the game, and kind of a preview for the or a quote from one of the the, the coaches. Um, so we really try to create as many storylines uh, and and story structures as we can to facilitate as many storytellers uh, as we can, and to really enable people who are content creators but are not necessarily video creators um, and recommend to them how to tell their story through video in the best way possible and in a very uh, quick way that doesn't require many resources and much time on their end. Talk, uh, talk with us about your business model. How are you going to get paid for that? So we have different pricing plans uh, that are primarily based on usage. So how many videos uh, are you looking to create? How many users do you need to, uh, to be creating videos within the platform? How many brands you have underneath uh, your brand? So we're primarily working with uh, um, media companies, broadcasters, online publishers, uh, digital marketers, um, to really, you know, try and empower their teams to bring video production in-house. Um, you know, some of the companies that are using Wibbits today are some of the largest and biggest storytellers and media companies in the world, uh, like NBC, The Weather Channel, CBS, Reuters, uh, AP, Forbes, uh, Time Inc., and many others. Uh, so it's really a matter of what is the purpose, how much volume you're looking to create, uh, and how many users and brands you have uh, within your account. Is there an opportunity to pay for performance here based on have you basically take a share of the advertising money, or is it always the flat fee independent on how successfully the story is converted into video? So it's something that we could help with, and we provide uh, additional services for video monetization. Um, but it's not something that replaces the subscription plans that we have in place. And if you think about your competition, is uh, the fact that 
in many ways video production got somewhat democratized through platforms such as YouTube directors or other things is is basically is self-service your biggest competitor that somebody basically produces their videos at uh, just uh, on, on their free time or there's kind of a freelance market that does these things very cheaply or do you see other platforms as your biggest competitors? No, we don't see any other uh, company or platform enabling video production in the uh, speed and uh, ease of use that we provide. Uh, I would say our main competitors are traditional uh, video editing software like Adobe uh, Premiere, After Effects, or Final Cut Pro. Uh, and, you know, we want to create uh, a platform where it's much easier. You don't have to be uh, a professional video producer in order to create beautiful videos. Last question really quickly. Where, what is next for you? So you have succeeded in this conversion of storytelling to video. Uh, if you fast forward by, by five years, where do you want to be with Wibbits? So I think it's really enabling anybody in the world, any storyteller, to tell their story through video in the most accurate uh, and best way possible. Um, I think, you know, we want people to be able to do that without compromising on the quality and really enabling uh, and empowering them to be uh, creative uh, and to have a platform that is very flexible, that they can produce exactly the video that they have in mind for their story uh, in the quickest and, and easiest way. Sesuai Dayan, CEO and co-founder of Wibbits. Thank you, Suar. We have reached the end of the show. It's uh, fascinating to see that contrast between the Philly Inquirer, the 100, 150 journalists uh, there writing stories the good old way, and then the thought that we have algorithms these days that can maybe not entirely write stories, so that happens certainly too, but uh, take stories and produce videos. Uh, the world is moving. If you want to have access to the old episodes of the show, check out website, our website of workoftomorrow.com. At this point, let me thank uh, our sound expert, Danielle, and my producer, Matt, for their wonderful support. We hope you can join us again this coming Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm Christian Tervish, and on behalf of all of us here at Wharton, thank you for listening. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 